I was thinking about preparing a message and I feel like the Lord was saying to me, no, no, just, just talk. I was, um, looking at God in this season and just, you know, what the end of this year looks like and beginning of the next year, right around the corner. And, um, I started being grateful, um, for things I could see over things that were manifested. And this was new. This was kind of a new experience for me. And I think I've mentioned something about it even last week about being excited about what the promise is over what is already manifested. And um, I can reflect, reflect back on things that he's done. And there have been some great moves. There have been some uh, real challenging, ch challenging changes that God will walk in us through. Not just me. I know we talk, so I know a few of us. Emotional things, like things that just been pressing on us, may not be affecting our whole world. I saw a live performance um, with T-Pain online. By the way, it's pretty phenomenal. You can get past his, his cussing. He, boy, he put on the show. And he said, people always complaining about saying stuff like I had a bad day. And he says, usually not a bad day. It's a bad five minutes, a bad 10 minutes. The whole day wasn't bad. But we can just lock on to that. Okay, I had a bad day. And I thought about that. And I thought about how much good is in our life but it can be overthrown or overlooked by one event, one situation, one bad phone call, one disagreement. You know, even if it's something like, well, I lost my job. Okay, but you found that job looking for one. So go look again. You know, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, people will say to us or to me, well, there's people who have it worse than you. Okay, that's not soothing or helpful, right? Because saying people had it worse doesn't make your situation feel less painful. But saying I can overcome this and I've overcome it before and there are other people who have overcome this, that's encouraging. That, that gives me strength. That gives me hope. That makes me believe that as the scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know. It may seem to prosper, as he said, for that five or 10 minutes. Listen to what I'm saying, close. But overall, if you have a hope and you have a future before you, it's not that, it's not that powerful. So here's where I'm going today. What do you have before you right now? What is the thing right now that you are focused on. And I want you to listen closely to what I'm saying because I'm laying out. It's real simple, but it's powerful. You got your issues and then you have the dreams and visions in front of you. And the things that have already manifested are okay for you are sitting right here in the middle. We got that. That's the, the point that, the, that the, the pendulum swings back and forth on. But then you have the hopes. Then you got the things that seem to be dashing your hopes that go against your hope. Which ones are heavier? Which one has the most power? I'm not saying which one, how do you feel? I'm saying looking at your life is the good 
outweighing the negative? Do you have more to be grateful for than you have to complain about? This is this is big because you may say, well, no, I got a lot to complain about right now. Okay, but compared to what? What are you comparing it to? Okay, if you're comparing it to today, as he said, you didn't have a bad year, you didn't have a bad day, you had a bad five minutes. If you're comparing it to what's in front of your face right now, okay, but can we look at the grand scheme of everything that's going on in your life and answer that question? Okay, sounds corny, but it's real. You woke up this morning, your sight, you're breathing without tubes down your throat, you're up and you're walking around, you, you have the, 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 the mental and emotional sense to be upset about something, you know, you, 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 you're not losing your mind or your facilities. You can get up and go to the bathroom whenever you want and, and clean yourself and come out. You know, th these are things we take lightly, but these are things that a lot of people cannot do. They cannot. And the scripture that hit me and it stuck with me, and I want to share it with you, is when Jesus is at the table and Jesus is telling Peter what to do, and he points to John and says, what about him? And Jesus said, if I tell him to stay till I return, what's it to you? Pretty much he told him to mind his business. It's none of your business what I do with him. If I tell him to, to live forever and never die, what's it to you? But then he makes this statement, and this is the statement I want to drive home today. He said, see, here's what your problem is, Peter. You are young. So you call your own shots. You get to go where you want and do what you want to do and follow your own leading. He said, but a day is going to come when you're going to be old. And when that day comes, somebody's going to take you by the hand and they're going to lead you where they want to take you. And that hit me, especially since I'm going to be 65 in a couple of days. It hit me, right? There comes a point where you're like almost a child again. You're coming, going back to the place. I'm praying and believing that'll never happen for me. I'll, I'll leave this planet still functioning and bouncing around doing my own stuff. You know, I, I'll die moving. Amen. But my point is, there are people who come to that place where they're no longer even responsible for their daily decisions. So, hmm, hmm. So while you still are, there's so much gratitude to be had. There's so much. Power and love to accomplish. There's so much joy and visual to see out above and beyond your horizon to even have a hope. The power to believe that you can do something. I don't care if it's been long. I don't care if it's been hard. I don't care if it never happens in your lifetime. The fact that you have the ability, are you listening to what I'm saying? To say, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to dream. And I'm going to think about, and I'm going to go toward, and I'm going to work toward, and I'm going to expect something is a gift in itself. It's a 
it's the most powerful gift in the world that you have because without a dream, people perish. And the fact that you have the ability to lay claim to any kind of dream or any kind of vision is a gift. Is anybody bearing witness with what I'm saying here today? These are the opportunities that I'm taking advantage of. I'm taking this 65th birthday really, really seriously. Um, not from a negative place. Like I said, a lot of my friends didn't make it this far. And I heard about a few that fell off in this past year. And I'm of sound mind. I'm healthy. Good looking. Kind of. <laughs> but I'm, I'm out here doing what some people half our age can't do. And so I'm encouraging you in this season where we celebrate the Lord's price, the death, burial, the resurrection. Let's not get so caught up in these gifts and things. Let's keep this in mind. We have an opportunity one more day to find out why we're here on this planet, what our gifts really are, and dream and achieve something. You have the very power of God working with you, and you can call on him and say, guide me, lead me, show me. I don't know what to do. I do know what to do. I'm excited. Today didn't go so good. As he said, it wasn't the whole day. It was maybe 10 minutes of the day that didn't go right. It was that one bad phone call. It was that whatever it was. But your whole day was in ruin. Is that we focused on that one thing. But in front of us, in front of me, I'm looking at the opportunity to celebrate not just December 25th, but a year that has passed. It's interesting that they wind up making Christmas the end of the year. There's debate on what Muffy was really born in. And I understand that Christmas is not really the birth of Christ celebration. It's the winter solstice of the Romans and what they did, you know, for, for the for the God Saturn and the tree and all the decoration, all that stuff. And they mixed it together. And I was reading up on it today about how, you know, when Christian, you got to remember the whole thing went down in Christianity began when they were under Roman rule. They were under the Roman government. So when they started becoming Christian, they were like, yeah, but we don't want to give up all of our gods and all of our stuff that we know. So how do we fuse them together? Well, let's take Esther, the goddess of, uh, their goddess of life and fertility. And then we'll just say Jesus Easter. And then we'll put an egg in there on a rabbit. I don't know how many of you ever thought about it that rabbits don't lay eggs. <laughs> Rabbits are mammals. So this goes against the whole principle of, of God's creation just in itself, right? Um, but the, the, that whole pagan holiday and buying gifts and wrapping them and giving them out and partying and celebration and singing, this is all part of, of the wisdom solstice of the Roman Empire. But we know it and accept it as the time that we celebrate our Savior. Well, it's not the gift then. It's not the things you give out. It's the gift he's given me and the gift that he's given you. And that gift, yeah, eternal life. I received that. Yes, he died for my sins. Yes, that's a gift. Oh my goodness. 
But what about the gift of everyday life that you have, that God has given you the ability to speak to the mountain and say, be thou removed, to see his hand move and turn something that looked to be going against you for you, the ability to stand and, 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 and like I said, to breathe another day, to make a decision to go somewhere without somebody saying to you, oh, no, you, you're old now. I'm putting you in here and, and these people will take care of you and they'll tell you what time to eat. You eat at nine in the morning and you eat again at three in the afternoon and then you eat at five and your whole life is controlled by somebody else telling you what to do. And you right now have the ability to say, I'm going to put this video on pause and go get me something to eat right a second. These are things that we don't really, really worship God for, but we should. These are the things that God has given me that in this season and time of my life that I'm becoming very, very, very grateful for. Very, very grateful for when I see people that are my age in places where they have 24-hour nurses around them. And listen, you and I are fortunate enough and blessed enough to seek God for a big challenge. To say, God, what say ye? What do you have for me? What's on the plate for me? Give me the hilly country. Give me the highest mountain. I want to go take that. I don't, I don't want to just get through this day. I don't want to figure out how I'm going to get this next job or pay my rent right here. God, what's the ultimate plan? What do I need to be going after? What is the thing I need to be reaching for that even spooks me a little bit? Where's the next level? Um, Nelly and I were talking earlier, and Nelly um, made a comment about something. And I said, is that is that your height? Is that what you're believing for? And she, she, in her mind, no, she was just making a matter of fact statement. But I was like, she was making a statement about where she thought we would be next year or where she thought she would be next year. And I'm like, and I was like, that's it? Is that it? So you're saying within a year, that's you the best. I wasn't, I wasn't, was she saying anything bad? It was just like, I just want you to examine what you're giving God to work with. I just want you to take a moment. Who, who bears witness to what I'm saying right here? I said, I just want you to examine what you're giving God. By that statement, you just said to God within a year, this is all you can do. By the end of the year, I'll, she didn't say this, but I'll have a car. And by this time next year, I'll be able to, I'm like, that's it? Is that, is that what we're giving God to work with? Is that it? Is that as far as we're going? We're talking about a limitless God. See, these are things I'm becoming grateful for. Opportunity. Somebody say possibility. Opportunity. Gifts. Callings. Virtues. Powers. Dynamics. These are the things that we have. We are a limitless people of God. And we keep limiting God. Fix my relationship. Help me get along better with my mom. Help me get along on my job. Help me get my car fixed. Help me, you know, and it's like, <laughs> wow. And God began to show me, son, I need you to stop thinking into the next 10 minutes or the next 24 hours. But I need you to start to really explore my ability to work for you 
as the God that you call me and you say that I am. Wow. I thought I was. Obviously, I'm not. But that changes today. And, and I'm, this didn't happen today. I mean, this is where God has been taking me for the past couple of weeks. We are greater than our present achievements. We are more powerful than the things that sit before us today. And we are definitely bigger than the, mo the momentary problems that we have. So I know I usually come with my scriptures lined up and I walk you through a whole lesson. But for this Christmas service, I am thanking God and worshiping God for the things that go beyond my three-dimensional 24-hour day. There is so much more power in me and you to do so much more than what we've settled on. And in this season, I want us to begin to thank God for the opportunity. You're welcome. And amen to you too, RJ. And I want you to welcome God's full hand in this season. I want us to begin to say to God, God, I don't want to just be ordinary. And I'm not talking about I'm believing God for tons of money and all that. Listen, I spoke to God about a number and he gave me a number last year. And I've spoken into the air, 50 million. And I've been on my road toward it. You know, started negotiating a $10 million um, real estate deal not too long ago. But you know what hit me today? I was like, and so what? And then what? And, and, and what do you want me to do with that? If you drop that on me tomorrow, 50 million, bam. What do you want me to do? What do I do with that? I'm 65. You know, it, 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 it's... Things like that have less pull on you as you get older and you watching friends and family drop off like flies around you. You start to think, hmm, if you give me that, there's not a luxury car that I care about or a mansion and all that stuff that meant so much to me over time. None of that stuff matters right now. What is the reason for it? What, 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 what am I doing with this? I am seeking God for this year of opportunity. And this year is the year of opportunity coming. 2024 is the year of opportunity. And I want us to open our spirit. And I want us to open our heart to God to reveal to us all the opportunity that's right in front of us right now. All the things, forget all these stupid things, forget who bothered you, who hurt you, who offended you. No, you don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. What's the opportunities that are in front of you? What And, and, and not the ones you missed. Because we can also get caught up in that. Man, if I had only known. Wow, if I had only. We don't have time for any of that. What are the opportunities present? Forget the ones we missed. You don't sit there and tear your heart out because you came to the train station and the train pulled out. You wait a while, you know another one going to pull in. So just sit there. When we're not coming to the next morning, still another one's coming. My point is, forget what we missed. What opportunities are before us right now? I want you to stop in your own spirit right now, and I want you to take stock of the things that are in front of you, even the things that look difficult and far out of reach right now. 
I want you to just take a moment and take stock of what God has in front of you, like what things you could possibly do. And if you see somebody else doing it, guess what? You can do it. They're a human just like you. We look at these people. I was watching the Tyler Perry story. Um, 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 I forgot the mother's name with an M, baby, such, such baby, right? I was listening to him in his, and watching the documentary and I was like, he was just the guy with a bad past that had a bright future in his mind. He was a guy that at the time had a, a negative present, but a bright future in his mind. And he, at one point, if you know the name of it, please put it in the chat. Uh, uh, I know his mother's name starts with an M. Baby, her baby, whatever it is. And he talked about in his documentary how he did all this work and all of this work and put this thing together. And Maxine's baby, thank you so much, Ruth. Please watch that documentary. He put this whole play together and rented out this place, spent his last dime, borrowed money from his aunt. The play didn't go anywhere. About six, four or five people showed up in the audience, place empty. And his aunt, he says, aunt cussed him out. Like, you better give me my freaking money. She didn't say that, but she said, you better give me my money. And he, like, they started telling him, you need to go get a job. Like, you need to leave this stupid thing alone. You need to go get a job. And watch this. He decided they were right. And he decided, God, I gave it my all. I got nothing else. I'm going to go get this job. And he went and got this job. And then this pastor who had this theater said, do you want to come and bring it over here? I want you to bring it here. And he said, no, I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. And God said, who told you you quit? Who told you you were done? I tell you when you're done. And he literally said, he said to God, okay, I'm, one more time. But that's it. And he said he showed up that night expecting four or five people and the place was packed to the rafters and it has not stopped since. And to see how many times we quit just before that day comes, how many times we walk away just before that moment hits. And I'm going to say this to you and it's personal to me, but I'm going to say this to you and I think this is, kind of a good place to bring it home. You know, I remember when things went downhill with me and my ex-wife and I had to move my studio out and I had built this big, lush, you know, studio with vocal booth and everything and everything I had ever dreamed of my whole life having as a recording studio. And when I left, I bought my equipment and I put it in this little room. Now, they're like, nice, you got nice tears, nice. I need you to understand that this is in the natural going 100% backward for, for me. I started with a recording studio in a room with the little foam stuff on the wall. I started that way. I grew to build in a full studio with sitting area, kitchen, bathroom, um, vocal booth, sound room, all of this stuff to be back to 
a room that I can, if I've stretched my arms out far enough, I can almost touch both walls. And there was this part of me that felt cheated. I felt almost kind of in my heart robbed. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from my heart right now. And I went before God about it. And I said, I know you told me a while ago that if I walk away from music again, you won't give me another shot. I said, but I didn't intend to walk away. Things went wrong and the fire went out of me. I haven't had creativity in me. I've tried to create, I've tried to turn on the instruments and create, and just was nothing. It was just dead. We're talking four years. I want you to understand this. We're talking four years, not a week, not a day. We're not talking about when people have writer's block. We're talking about no creativity was coming out of me. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And what was in my heart was pick your bass back up and just play it every day. We, again, we, we're talking four years. We're not talking. We're talking four years. The thing that I love, and you're, those who've been around me, you don't know how I love being in the studio and creating my track. I could do that all day and all night and not eat for two days, right? And I picked up and I stopped playing. And I stopped playing. I started getting better and better. I said, well, God, so I guess maybe you want me to go maybe start all over and go start joining and playing little gigs with bands and, you know, come on at my age, like who, who wants to do that? But I was like, whatever it takes, I'm just praying, God, you please give me another opportunity. Are you listening to my heart right here? You don't know what it feels like maybe to feel like the opportunity was taken from you or the anointing and you want it back and you can't get it. And I really, unbeknownst to your I was grieving on the inside because I knew unless God re-sparked that flame in me, nothing was going to come out of me. Yo, will you sit there and watch me make up a, a song a day back in the day? And I was just nothing. Just nothing was coming out of me. I would play the old stuff to see if it would get me motivated. Nothing. Just dry. And I'm praying. I'm praying before God. So the only thing I could do to keep close to it, I was playing the bass, getting picking up my instrument again, starting to play, starting to get good. Just when I feel like, okay, I'm ready to go do some gigs. Those of you who remember, pears and avocado, I accidentally stabbed myself in the hand, all the way up to the bone, had it damaged nerve, this finger lost its, all of its feeling, or well, it didn't lose feeling. It just got to the point that touching anything was painful. Well, how am I gonna play the bass if my finger doesn't? can't touch anything. It's great pain. No feeling in it to pain, just hypersensitivity. So now I'm disappointed again. Oh, now I see I'm trying, God, I'm trying. He said, so what are you gonna do? You sit around and feel sorry for yourself. You got a guitar over there, you just got, yep, pick it up and learn to play it. You got a pick, you don't have to use that finger. You hold the pick in these two fingers. And you start learning how to play the guitar. So I stopped playing the guitar. Stopped playing the guitar every day. And every day I had the opportunity to groan about the fact that I did all this with the bass and now I can't play it. And, you know, I was still not able to do this. But I just did what I could with what he gave me. 
I became grateful for that. I became grateful for the fact that I could pick up the guitar and I was getting better. I was getting better. And I was hearing the stuff I was playing and I was getting excited about it. And I was recording on my phone, little licks and riffs that I was playing. And I was excited. And I remember I was on the phone with somebody and I just happened to pick up the guitar and start strumming. They were like, yo, I didn't know you could play like that. Oh yeah, well, I couldn't a year ago, but I can now. You understand? And long story short, some of you know about it. Um, God woke me up with a dream about three weeks ago with a whole song arrangement in my head, whole arrangement. And it's only three times I can remember my life he's done that. The whole song, the arrangement, the sound of the instruments, what instruments, flute, this, that, just detail. And I woke up with it and I ran to the computer and I pulled it together in, I mean, you know, it's, if you're not a song creator, you know, you, you not only do you know what instruments you want, you're looking for a certain sound, you might have to look through the libraries of sound for, for, for 20 minutes just to find the right bass or the right whatever. Every instrument I clicked on, it the sound was right immediately. And after I finished laying it, he said, now go get your guitar. And I said, nah, I'm not ready for that. You know, go get your guitar. And I went and got the guitar. And I put the track on, I played. I just had fun and played. Then I played it back. And I played it for a few people and they were like, whoa, are you serious? And since then I've been just going at it. But my point is, this is not to tell you my story about me making music. Not at all. If that's what you're getting from it, totally missing it. This is what this is about. When God gives you opportunities and you squander them and then you feel them being either removed or taken from you, that's a painful place to be that I have talent and ability to play these instruments, but I couldn't create a... a, a the sound of a bell ringing, like and nothing was coming to me. It was a blank slate. There was no opportunity to create. And that's what happens to a lot of us with these missed opportunities, because God gives you these gifts and these talents. He gives you these callings and you sleep on them and you put them off and you put them off and you put them off. And then all of a sudden they're gone. This relationship that we've been in, God say, get out, get out get out, get out. And then all of a sudden that moment, that opportunity is gone. And now you got to sit through it and you got to wait. Job, he told you to leave. Now you're stuck there. You got to wait. And then you got to wait. And then eventually they lay you off. And now you don't have a job. And now you're running around panicking, freaking out because you didn't obey when he told you to. I'm going to encourage you. That chance will come again. But boy, you're going to sit through some stuff, man. And you're going to learn next time he say move, I'm going to move when he says move. I'm going to do what he says when he tells me to do. You're going to learn because that's the thing I've come to see so many times in life. God's a merciful God. So when I'm talking about the things I'm grateful for, these are things I'm grateful for. Another opportunity to do something with the gift you gave me. Yeah, I'm doing business. I'm doing fine. But this opportunity meant everything to me. If, even if I couldn't do anything but just do it and keep it home to listen to it myself. It, it's the opportunity that I squandered it 
and it left me for four years. And now I have the opportunity to do it again. So why did I tell you all of this? Because if, if, if you, in case you forgot, I said, I want you to take a minute and think about the opportunities that are in front of you right now. The things that God has opened the door for you to have a part of or to be a part of. I want you to stop and think about what God said he wants to do with you in this season, in this time. And I want to know, are you taking it serious? Or are you saying, yeah, God, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, God, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, God, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, no, you right. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know I need to do that. Yeah, I need to get to that. Well, opportunities are powerful. And that's something to be grateful for. To have a vision. To have a dream. To have a desire. And then pursue it. This is your chance. Don't You don't need no New Year's resolution. Make yourself a lifetime resolution. This is my goal. This is my dream. And I'm going for it. And I don't care what happens around me. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to see this win. I'm going to see this win. I'm going to see it win. Then get a dream from God. Ask him, how do other people benefit from this dream? Who else gets blessed other than me because of this dream? Ask God that. Very important. He moves a lot faster when it's more than or just about you. You know, I love Vision Builders right now. Vision Builders is like my baby. And it's because it's a team of us. And if I win, we win. And I'm so excited about my team. I'm so excited about the people involved in what's happening here. And I'm still shocked, by the way, um, girls, every time I click on the screen, I'll open up my Instagram and my face pops up. I'm still kind of, oh, you know, like there's videos of me all over. I, you that told me two years ago I was doing this. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. And now I'm looking in, I got like over two, like 30 videos up. And that's thanks to you guys, my team. I'm telling you, it was only been like three weeks. About three weeks, right? A month, he said. Either way, that's close. To have, I know people have video, have their social media up for years, and they don't have thirty videos up. <laughs> and and the way I designed that for those of you who want to know is, I said before we launch it, I have a post a video. I want to at least have a hundred already made, and then we'll start launching. This way, I'm never behind trying to run and catch up. And so that's what I did. Made a hundred videos. And then we start posting them. And so, yeah, there's not going to be a time where there's a video shortage because every couple of weeks I get together online with um, Edwards and, and Nelly and I record another 12, 15. <laughs> I just keep recording them. And I record them all at one time. I go in the room, change my shirt, come back out, sit back down and record a few more. <laughs> um, but to think I would love this, to think that I would see the opportunity in this, that was what was in front of me right now. That's what God gave me. I've been faithful. You know, I keep talking about it, but Sherry in your book, like you, if God gave you the opportunity, you pursued it. You don't know what's going to come out of that, but here's what I know what's going to come out of it. The fruit of obedience. That's what's going to come out of it. 
the fruit of obedience is powerful. When you obey what he says and you do what he tell him to do, don't look right away for the monetary value of it. Look at the fruit of that comes from that obedience because that thing is a, a tree that's going to sprout branches and branches and branches and branches. And before you know it, it connects you to something somewhere that you didn't even see coming. Um, I'm talking a lot, but I hope I blessed you. I hope I encouraged you. I hope I gave you something to think about and pray about. Please praise God and thank God in this season for opportunity. Praise God and thank God for the abilities that you have to pursue the things that he's given you. It's an endless, boundless world out there. And that's the thing I've been talking to God about lately. The only difference between Tyler Perry, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, or whoever else you want to mention in me is they pursued. They pursued. They followed through. They didn't give up. That's the difference. So it's never too late. I was feeling kind of like, Dad, you waited too long. Then I heard some people from my generation. My generation is different from yours, of course. We didn't have all the social media and all the digital you know, technology then. But I hear these guys saying, a few of them, I didn't hit my stride. I didn't reach my first billion until I was 65, until I was 64 and 67. And, and it's like, wait a minute, right? Why do we think we're supposed to retire? Who taught us that? When, when people of other colors are running for president for the first time at 70-something and 80-something, and, and we're thinking that this is time to go sit down somewhere and wait for somebody to come and bring us our food on the tray. No, this is the beginning of my life. And the last, my last days, according to the scripture, will be better than my first. And I expect to be more successful and more vibrant and more powerful now than ever before. And I am. So... I encourage you, young folk. You may not think you're young. I'm in my 40s or whatever. Whatever. You have no excuse. Hey, I am in front of you. I'm doing it. And I'm doing it with gusto because I want God to get every opportunity that he put me on this planet for. I want, I want to win and I want God to win in me, through me. I want God to win. I want him to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Don't hide your gift under a rock for fear that it may not produce. Put it out there. Get it out amongst the money changers. Stop focusing on your little moments and your little days and your little things that frustrate you. Get your heart and your mind back on the big picture, his picture for you. So I'll end it again where I started. What's the opportunity in front of you right now? What is the thing that daddy has put in front of your face to do great, huge, big things for him? It's not for you. It's for him. He has a plan. If you submit to that plan, I promise you, he's your partner in it now. He's not going to let it fail. Stay strong, stay encouraged, stay faithful, stay humble. As you increase, stay humble, stay focused. This year, 
2024 is a year of opportunity. Don't let the year get away and you haven't seized your opportunities. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. And if I don't see you before some of you, Happy New Year. Amen.